If you're enjoying this Med Prep to Go Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Crush Step 1 podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. I'm Dr. Raj, the creator of Morning Report Beyond the Pearls. I'm a quadruple board certified doctor in pulmonary, critical care, sleep medicine, and my favorite thing in the whole world, internal medicine. And I teach USMLE Step 1, 2, and 3 for the last 20 years, including internal medicine board exams and subspecialty boards. So I am super pumped up to actually bring you this podcast which is med prep to go. And, you know, the way we have it formatted is that we'll be reading in chunks of three questions on different subspecialties in one of the most awesome things in the whole world, which is USMLE, step one. So today we're going to be reviewing three questions from anatomy. So first question, this is going to be a 15-year-old boy presents to the emergency department with a complaint of left wrist pain following a fall from his skateboard earlier in the day. The patient broke his fall with both arms extended in front of him and now complains of severe pain to the lateral aspect of his left wrist. Imaging studies confirm a hairline fracture to one of the carpal bones, commonly a site for trauma-induced avascular necrosis. Which of the following carpal bones has most likely been fractured in this patient? Is it A, the capitate, B, the hook of hamate, C, lunate, D, scaphoid, E, trapezium? So the answer here is going to be D, scaphoid. The scaphoid is the carpal bone located in the proximal row and most lateral position. A mechanism of injury such as the one described here may lead to avascular necrosis. As a fracture to the scaphoid bone often interrupts blood supply from the radial artery. Initial imaging may be negative and a fracture in that area should be presumed until proven otherwise because of the risk of poor healing and avascular necrosis. So what's going to be the learning point for this case? It's that scaphoid fractures typically occur from a fall onto an outstretched hand. That is the key point, that fall into that outstretched hand. The scaphoid is the largest bone of the proximal carpal row and is located on the radial aspect of the hand just distal to the radius itself. The palmar carpal branch of the radial artery supplies the scaphoid via the bone's distal pole, and then proceeds the proximal pole. Blood supply to the proximal pole is tenuous and can be interrupted by a fracture, which can lead to avascular necrosis. So let's talk about case number two. This is a 38-year-old man presents to the physician for evaluation of a work-related injury. The patient reports that he was thrown from a forklift while on the job around two weeks ago. He states that he has now having difficulty lifting heavy objects with his left arm and complains 
of left shoulder pain. Past medical history is unremarkable. On physical exam, he has decreased range of motion of his left shoulder and has significant protrusion of the left scapula. Which of the following nerves has most likely been injured in this patient? I got to tell you, this is a classic step one question right here. So what are going to be the choices? Is it A, the axillary nerve, B, the lateral anterior scapular nerve, C, the long thoracic nerve, D, the short thoracic nerve, E, suprascapular nerve? And the answer is, it's C, long thoracic nerve. So the long thoracic nerve is the answer, and this patient has most likely endured a long thoracic nerve injury as he presents with the signs and symptoms of a winged scapula. That was the classic part in the vignette. The long thoracic nerve innervates the serratus anterior muscle. In this case, the patient is most likely suffering from serratus anterior muscle paralysis. This prevents the muscle from anchoring the scapula to the rib cage, thus leading to a protruding scapula. Winging of the scapula contributes to loss of power and limited flexion and abduction of the upper extremity and can cause considerable pain. This condition that can affect the ability to lift, pull, and push heavy objects, as well as to perform activities of daily living, such as brushing one's teeth, you know, combing one's hair, and carrying the grocery bags. So what are going to be the learning points from this case? The long thoracic nerve innervates the serratus anterior muscle, which anchors the scapula to the rib cage. Damage to the long thoracic nerve can result in winged scapula. So you know what? Let's do one more. We have a 16-year-old boy is brought to the physician for an annual health maintenance exam. His mother has observed an unusual prominence of the right side of the upper back and requests the physician to have a take a look at it. Past medical history is unremarkable on physical exam with the back with the arms hanging by the side. The medial border of the right scapula is noted to be prominent compared to the left and the entire right scapula is displaced laterally. There is no exaggerated prominence of the medial border of the right scapula when the patient is asked to do a wall push-up, and the level of both shoulders is observed to be the same. Based on these findings, which of the following nerves is most likely to be injured? Is it A, the axillary nerve, B, the dorsal scapular nerve, C, the long thoracic nerve, D, the spinal branch of accessory nerve, E, the subscapular nerve. And in this case, the answer is B, the dorsal scapular nerve. So the rhomboid major arises from the spinous processes of the thoracic vertebrae T2 to T5, as well as the supraspinatus ligament and inserts into the medial border of the scapula. The rhomboids help to hold the scapula and thus the upper limb onto the rib cage. Other muscles that perform this function include the serratus anterior and pectoralis minor. The rhomboids are supplied by the dorsal scapular nerve, which is C5. When they are non-functional, 
paralyzed, the medial border, which was previously held on to the ribcage, is now let free and appears prominent even when the arms are hanging by the side of the patient. Since the rhomboids pull the entire scapula towards the vertebral column, this function is lost when paralyzed, and the entire scapula is displaced laterally due to imbalance of forces. So let's go talk about some of these options. You know option A, the axillary nerve, that one was incorrect. Why? The axillary nerve innervates the deltoid, the teres minor, and the long head of the triceps brachy muscles, none of which are associated with winging of the scapula. Choice C, the long thoracic nerve is incorrect. You know, the long thoracic nerve innervates the serratus anterior muscle and injury of this nerve is most common cause of scapular winging. The wall push-up test in which the patient is asked to place the palms on the wall and simulate a push-up. A positive test would show prominence of the medial border of the scapula compared to when the arms were in by the side of the patient. The question stem reports there is no exaggerated prominence when the wall push-up test was performed. So this can be ruled out. Option D, the spinal branch of accessory nerve is incorrect. Although the trapezius may cause winging to some extent, there is also associated shoulder droop. The question stem mentions the shoulder level being the same on inspection. So the trapezius can be ruled out. Option E, the subscapular nerve is also incorrect. The subscapular nerve innervates the subscapularis muscle, which is not related to winging, but causes the medial rotation and adduction of the arms. So the learning points of this case are the rhomboid muscles are supplied by the dorsal scapular nerve, winging of the scapula as a result of damage to the dorsal scapular nerve can be differentiated from other causes as follows. One, there is no associated sh shoulder droop as would be seen if the trapezius were involved. Two, the scapula is prominent even when the arms are hanging by the side of the patient. And the prominence is not exaggerated when the wall push-up test is performed in contrast to when the serratus anterior is affected. Now, if you enjoyed these ones, and I really hope you did, to get more questions, go to our website. It's www.medprep2go.com. MedPrep2Go is a free audio and online question bank. And to learn more about me, Dr. Raj, you can check me out on my website. It's beyondthepearls.net. Please check out my book series published by Elsevier, Morning Report Beyond the Pearls. It integrates the basic science and clinical medicine. We have our core rotations, medicine, surgery, peds, OB, and psychiatry. And we're branching out into anesthesia and you name it. And I also have a basic science book. And you know what? Now that I mentioned it, check out my podcast, which is Beyond the Pearls. What a surprise. And I also have the Dr. Raj podcast. And you can find me on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So that's it for now. Once again, check out www. MedPrepToGo.com. <music>